0: Greetings friends, it's a great blessing for me to come to you. Today I'm going to be ministering along the lines of remaining in Christ, continuation in Jesus Christ, that we don't fall away from having a life where we know we, ha- we are the people of God, we are the sons of God, we have been made righteous by him, wherein we know that righteousness is of him, that we are in Christ, that Christ is in us, that it is not by our works but by his salvation work. So the message today is going to be simply encouraging you to stay in the message of God's grace. Stay and continue in Christ. Don't fall back. Uh, unto your own works now before we get into the message i would just like to bring to your attention that you can join in uh, in our local zoom meeting that we have on sunday mornings so if you want to join into a meeting that's got a little bit of a different feel than a youtube stream but where you feel you're part of the service uh, and you also gather with many other people if you want to do that you are more than welcome uh, all the people put their cameras off and the audio off, but there's still a feeling there that they, um, of, of, how can I say, church. And I, I think the way where I minister is also a little bit different than the way I do it here. So if you want to slot in there, please write to info at That is info at and request the Zoom link for the Sunday services. Uh, We have an English service uh, next Sunday, and this Sunday it was an Afrikaans service, and we alternate that way. So one Sunday English, one Sunday Afrikaans, but you will be informed which which is which. So if you want to join and be part of our internet uh, church or Zoom church, please uh, just email, and we would love to send you the link. It is just an an awesome experience. I enjoy it every every Sunday. Uh, And then secondly, if you would be so kind to just hit like on YouTube right away while this live stream is going out or whenever you get it, especially while it's live, the, you would help to tell YouTube that you need this content, you want this content, you want to hear this message. And uh, if you hit uh, like, subscribe, and then the bell button, and then all, it will then inform you of all the new messages that we put up. On a regular basis, I put videos up. Sometimes I put five short messages up in a week and it will let you know. What it also helps is it helps YouTube to um, to push this forward. It tells YouTube to push this forward to, uh, towards other people as well so uh, that more people can get a hold of it. We don't have ads on our messages, so we don't want to get ads popping up and, and all those kind of things. So YouTube doesn't really have a, a in, an incentive to to share this they will share uh you know videos where they can make money so they're not going to make a lot of money out of us uh you know because there's no ads on it but there is a way wherein you can say that i want this content so please just hit that like button uh just right away so it will immediately tell other people that the algorithm knows would might be interested uh, to watch this and suggest the video to them Right, let us just pray together as we start the service. Father, thank you so much for your love and your kindness and your goodness. Thank you for the grace that you show towards us. Thank you for the power of your life, the brand new life that you've come to give us. Thank you that we can continue in, uh, in the message of grace, the message of your life. Thank you that you empower me to preach this message powerfully today. Amen and amen. Okay, I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28. This is what it says. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, you may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that does what is right has been born of him. So, what is the right thing to do the right thing is to believe in jesus and from jesus he will bring forth righteousness in your life so if jesus is righteous and we are in him and we do the right thing which is to continue in him you know we cannot continue in sin the sin that he talks about is a life wherein you find justification by your own works we cannot continue in that we are not anymore under the power of the flesh. We've been crucified with Christ. The old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. We are a new creation. That is what John is alluding to here. Now, he says here that we should continue in him. Now, why would John say, and now, dear children, continue in him? if it wasn't possible for people to fall away from the message of grace. He encourages them, continue in him. Stay in the good news. He would say that because there are many things in this world that would like to, they are all competing for your attention. They are all competing for your mind time. That is just the way it is. They're competing for your mind time. They're competing for your effort. They are competing for your energy. There are so many things in this world that needs the life in you to exist. One of the things we can uh, think about is like the news media. It needs you. Without you, it cannot exist. Without you, it cannot make the millions it's making. It's competing for your mind time. It's competing for your thoughts. It's competing. It wants to tell you that there's things that you need to do in order to save yourself and your country and, 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 and to, in a certain way, bring some level of salvation to yourself. It's competing for that. that is, that's what it wants. It needs you to live. If you're not there, it cannot exist anymore or it cannot exist in the affluence wherein it does. So there is a, a, a system, a worldly system. Also, the 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 flesh that wants to live by its own power. So there is an encouragement here, which says, "Continue in Him." Continue in Him. The way I do it is, um, you know, I've, I I make sure that as God speaks to me, I yield to that message. You know, the Bible says in. Acts, it says that talking about certain Jews, those that refused to believe. There's a scripture that says that the people refused to believe. So they understood, they knew, and then they made a decision to say, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with that. I'm rather going to do other things. There's a choice. There's there's something inside you that says, I'm going to stick with this or I'm not going to stick with this. And that is a power which we and live by, which is not difficult. It's something that God has given us, which every person does every day effortlessly. It's part of our design. So what he's basically saying here is, listen, continue in Jesus. As you continue in Jesus Christ, you will, in the day of the resurrection, not stand ashamed. There are other things. It's like a warning. There are things that will lure your mind. There are things that will get you enticed. There are things that want to Uh, grab a hold of you so here we are and the scripture clearly says here he says and now dear children continue in him continue in him so it was possible for people to start to continue in something else and we and this is what i want to encourage you we are continuing in Jesus Christ. We're going to continue in the message of we are made by him, the righteousness of God in Christ. We're going to continue that through the obedience of one, the many that were sinners are made righteous. We are going to continue with the message that Jesus was raised from the dead. We're going to continue with the message that he loves us and cares for us. And our focus is going to be on that which is good and lovely and of good report. And that is what we're going to think of all all the time, it would be impossible not to think of something that is of a bad report. We hear bad reports all the time, and in the church, bad reports also did do the 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 root or whatever you would call it. Um, it would go through, and people would hear of bad reports. But uh, we are not going to have that our lives based on that. It's almost as if a bad report comes in. And as you feed on that, you find that you feed more and feed more and feed more on that. And you become more and more negative. And after a while, you know that you're a Christian, you know that God loves you. And it is something that you would say about yourself, I am a Christian, I am uh, loved by God, but your life is born from other things. Your life is born from negative things or the news media or um, whatever. I'm sure you know what I talk about. Uh, So here we find that John is saying, continue in Jesus Christ. Continue in Jesus Christ. It says here, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. Isn't that absolutely beautiful? So let us continue in Jesus Christ. Let us see the great love that He has lavished upon us. Let us not see our shortcomings. Let us not look at everything that the, the difficult things that there is in life or the wrong things that there is in our countries and the next lie some politician has spoken. Listen, man, your politician is going to take your time, and if you are intrigued by Uh, the, wow, you know, this politician, he lied again. You know, if, if, if you're going to be caught up in that, that's all that you're going to be caught up all the time because that happens all the time, all the time. But let us look at what John says here. Let us continue in grace. Let us continue in Jesus Christ. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. So what is he saying here? He says, listen, the great love that God has bestowed upon us is that we can be called the children of God. Now, if I come to you and I say to you, listen, let me say I, I meet somebody and um, this, this I, I'm, let's say a young, young person. And I say to this person, listen, man, you can call me your father if you want to. You know, I will care for you. I'll be good to you if this person needs a father figure in his life. I'll say, you can, you can call me a father or you can call yourself my son. Now, that is something you just call yourself. But there's something deeper. There's something in being the son. You know, someone can come and they can say, well, I call Bertie my father. I've got, uh, especially people from uh, Western Africa, they like to call uh, their preachers daddy. And they would call me daddy. I am feel a bit uncomfortable with it because of just the culture that I'm in. But in their culture, they understand what they say. And um, I do father them in a certain sense. Like Paul said, you know, uh, you have many teachers but not many fathers. So I would father certain people in this message just via the Internet, teaching people the gospel. Um, but there's a difference between them and My children here at home. They call themselves my children, and to a certain degree, they are my children. But there's also my children here. That's biologically my children. The one one sense is almost a bit more powerful if you think along the lines of the flesh. Listen to what this verse says with that in mind. See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the children of God and that is what we are. <laughs> Isn't that absolutely beautiful? We are called the children of God, and that is what we are. We are that. It is not something we're going to become. We are the, the, the children of God. Now, what was understood, and I've preached this many times, I've written it in my books, it is if you call yourself a child of God, you basically said that I am hmm. born of God as a human. I'm physically hmm. born of God. I owe my birth not to my mother. What it would be, it would be something like: in my case, Susan Brits, which is my mom, is not my is not my mom anymore because I have now been completely physically reborn, and God is now my father. So God, I'm not only called a child of God, I am a child of God. That is what this passage says. It puts a massive emphasis on that. And let us continue in the mindset that I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And I'm not going to allow anything else to become my father. Uh, And that is what we all should do. We should say we're not going to allow this world, the systems of this world, the law or willpower or what somebody did to me to become my father. We are all the time putting in our minds whatsoever is good, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is of good report. These are the actions of Jesus Christ, the love that is lavished on us in declaring that we are his sons. We are called his sons and we are are his sons okay and then it goes on it says <clears throat> dear friends now we are the children of god and what we will be has not yet been made known so it says we are now the offspring of god and this eternal immortal human that we will be in manifestation is not yet now known meaning it's not manifested now. But when Jesus returns and he is, now we say returns, actually when he appears, we shall appear with him in glory and the real us will show. Now, this is a, 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 a buyer. I'm speaking of and English together today. This is a very, very powerful passage. And what I would Um, put before you is this take this passage take this truth and ask God to help you that you don't believe it just as something in the Bible but that it becomes absolutely real to you absolutely real absolutely real it uh, if we use just normal terms and let me try and put it right here on the ground where it's tangible and understandable if we take if if we say um, I'm a son of God, and you say I'm a South African, what is more powerful to you—that you're a child of God, or that you're a South African, or an American, or uh, some you know German, or from Holland? I, I'm Dutch. What what? I, I mean, we so easily I'm South African, and we identify fully with that, and. Our reality is shaped by that. Our constitutions and our politics and everything around that, we are South Africans uh, or we are Americans. You know, that is that is who we are. But here it says, let's continue in Christ. It doesn't say, let's continue in our nationality. It says, let us continue in Christ. It's It's as if we can find that we can be busy with Christ and then we get a distraction where we want to continue all of a sudden just next to the track. We want to run in the same direction. It is as if we are saying, yes, I am definitely uh, on my way to eternal life. But it's as if you were running in, let's say, a track number one, and now you're running on the um, next to the track. You're not on the track anymore. You've moved off the off the running field, basically, but you're still running. You're on the grass here, you know, on the lawn running there and supposed to be in track number one or two where, you, you, where you're you supposed to run. And in the very same way as what people can get distracted about anything, we can be distracted as Christians if we are not careful. That is why there's a beautiful thing called the gathering of the brethren, that's why there's a beautiful thing where we on a regular basis listen to the messages and uh, flood ourselves with it. I tell my kids, I say to them, listen, man, at least I mean my kids are out of the house, I say them, at least once every second week or so, slot into the message the the daily devotionals we send out, listen to them. Because what it does, it in this world where we don't have any choice. I mean, you have to live in this world. You don't have a choice. We are in this world. And as you go out just to the supermarket, you see a billboard, you see an ad. People send things to you about politics, about these things. They are all things that take up your time and take thought space, thought time. Um, And as we are then reminded of the good news, we find that all these attempts for and this uh, 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 this competition that these things are into for our time and for our lives doesn't have that hold on us because of the power of the gospel the way we are as you we need to understand as we as humans we work through a lot of the things is our brain our heart what we believe programming and so forth so let us keep To the good news of jesus christ let us not fall into the law let us not fall into some systems let us not fall into uh, weird things let us just keep to the simple gospel jesus died he was buried he was raised he's lord i have therefore the hope of bodily eternal life. The spirit that will raise me from the dead is now already in me. And I am under the jurisdiction of Jesus, which is higher than any name that can be named, which is higher than any power or principality. And I'm not talking about demons now. I'm talking about heads of states. I'm talking about uh, political parties. I'm talking about governments. I'm higher than... uh, I'm under a higher order than any of those things, although I might live in one of those countries. I don't associate with that anymore. I relate to Jesus. I relate to God. I'm a son of the Almighty God. I've got eternal life. I am not running uh, running around frantically in the search of life and trying to preserve things. I am under the eternal preservation of God where he comes and gives me life. That is what, what I think we need to understand here. It says here, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we might call, be called the sons of God, which we are. And the point that I want to make is, let this be real. Let this be real. Okay, should we make this real? What is it going to take? It's going to take a sacrifice. Um, now, <clears throat> many of us, would not want to hear that word, and even when I say the word sacrifice, it's like I want to cringe a bit because of what was made out of it uh, when I was still just living, um, you know, under the old law system. You need to sacrifice your time. You need to sacrifice this. You need to sacrifice that. And you need to be a living sacrifice, living while you live, sacrifice all the time for the kingdom of God, S- sacrifice your time, sacrifice your effort, sacrifice. That scripture does not mean that when, it, when you read uh, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, where it says, uh, therefore, you know, um, you know be a living sacrifice. It means something else. And we're going to get a little bit into what that means. So first of all, the first one that I'm making is, uh, let us continue in Jesus. If we continue in Jesus, there's a sacrifice that has to be made. This sacrifice that has to be made is actually something that is very easy. It is simply a way of belief. That is all that it is. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It says, I'm going to just read chapter 11 and verse 36. It says, for from him, this is God, and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. For from him and through him and for him are all things. Therefore, because everything is just about him, it is from him, it is through him, and it is to him. It says, because everything is from him, if you want to have life, you're gonna have it through him, and if you live, you live towards him. Since that is the case, listen to listen to this. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brother, therefore, on account of this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, what was he saying here? He's saying, and if you go and read the context of Romans, I once preached uh, uh, through Romans. I, I didn't finish the whole thing. It became very complicated to, to share it's, I do understand, but I find that it is difficult to take a large amount of people with you in going through, especially uh, into Romans 11 and 12 and so forth. But I'm just going to give a quick summary and try and explain what is written there. Uh, If you study Romans from chapter 1, you will see that Paul basically comes and he cleverly speaks to the Jews, uh, excuse me, speaks to the Gentiles, and he speaks in a way that almost sounds a little bit anti-Semitic. Uh, a bit against the Jews But what he's basically doing He's setting up the Gentiles To, to be basically corrected and rebuked In chapter 11 where he said to them, look at these Jews, how full of pride they were, how they just boast in their flesh and how they rejected Christ basically and how they are cast out and all those kind of things because they boasted in their flesh. And you kind of get the Gentiles that would read this say, yeah, I told you so. Yes, you know, yeah. Look at these Jews, man. They crucified Jesus. They're they're a bad bunch of people. And what happened was in Rome, the Gentiles were discriminating against the Jews. They didn't really like them. And there was antagonism against the Jews. And here Paul writes a letter as a Jew to these the Gentile churches, I would say Gentile churches, churches in Rome that had a lot of Gentiles in them, but they were not really wanting to allow the Jews. They were pushing the Jews out a bit. And he sets them up and tells them just basically how foolish these Jews were. Just in chapter 11 to come and tell them, but these people that you are amening and how foolish they are, you're talking about yourself because you are also now starting to boast in the flesh. You start to think we are Gentile flesh and they Jew flesh, Jewish flesh and God has rejected them. So we qualify because we are Gentiles and God has casted them out so that we can be grafted in. So we must be more important than they. So what? that, that is the setting. Now, at the end of chapter 11, we basically get to where what I've just explained there. And then into, into chapter 12, he goes on, he says, Therefore, I want to tell you, because everything is, about, is from God and to God and through God, it's not about Jew or Gentile. It's about God bringing forth his church. Everything revolves around him. Therefore, I ask you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, So in other words, these people were Jews. These people were Gentiles. But what he was asking them is, would you please sacrifice that? Would you sacrifice your Jewishness, please? Would you sacrifice your Gentileness, please? Sacrifice that. So yes, you are alive, but you sacrifice that, meaning while you live as a Jew, you see Jew is dead. Or while you're a Gentile, you see Gentile is dead. And should you do that, you are now living towards God and you are continuing in Jesus Christ. That is what's taking place. So now when we continue in Jesus, we live this sacrificial life. The sacrificial life is to say, I don't boast in my flesh. I don't see myself as a Jew. I don't see myself as a Gentile uh, anymore. I see myself as a new creation. But should you do a DNA test, you will find that you might be a Jew or a Gentile or uh, you might find you're black, white, or whatever your ethnicity would be. doesn't matter. Uh, What he says is, would you please sacrifice that? That's what he's saying here. Therefore, because everything is unto him and through him and to him and not to any flesh, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what is done in Jesus, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So when you sacrifice that and you live free from that telling you who you are, you are are living, pleasing to God. So what he's basically saying is, don't identify with the law, don't identify with Jew or Gentile, none of that. That is the, the, the context wherein this is written. Should we take this and put it into today's context, we will be able to use it and apply it, and it will perfectly fit in a little bit of a different scenario, which I will still bring to you. Remember, the message is continuing in Jesus Christ. In this continuation, we as a people that are either Jew or Gentile will have to sacrifice that. And then while we live, we see it as dead. We have sacrificed it. He says, this is your true and proper worship. So true and proper worship would be to say, I am neither Jew, I am not a Gentile, I've got no righteousness in my flesh, I've got nothing to boast according to the flesh, none of those things, God is not going to bless me, there's no blessing to me because I am of a certain people group or of a certain nation. That means that the Jews had to say, I am not blessed because I am a Jew. They would have to say, I sacrifice that, I lay that aside, and I am righteous with the righteousness that is found in Jesus. And since everything is from God and through him and to him, it is because of God's mercy and his kindness that I can be saved. So I sacrifice these privileges. I don't call myself that anymore, so that I may gain Christ, because that is Our true and proper worship. That's how you, in a proper manner, worship God. You take the message that you are the son of God or a child of God, the son of God, literally. You take it as true, real now. And the other things you say, well, I'm also defining this world within certain parameters, but I lay that down. I don't find my identity in that. I don't find, for instance, my identity in white, Now, do I find my identity in South African anymore? I've laid that down. So that means that those things uh, doesn't bother me much anymore because I've got a new reality. And then it might sometimes seem a little bit difficult because you're still alive. I'm still alive as a white man. I still live as a South African, but I am now a living, I'm living as a South African, I'm living as a white man, but I have sacrificed that because I am beholding the mercy of God, the new creation, and I now live in that manner. That is what he's saying. Listen to what he says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. This world, the world's pattern calls me... a um, a South African. But I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world because I am, although I am a South African, I have now sacrificed that and I live in the reality of the love and mercy and grace and kindness of God, which has made everything new and I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation while I still see the old thing. And that is what it says here. It says in 1 John chapter 3, and this is why I try to explain this. While we are, um, we are now the sons of God, but while it does not yet appear, we have this hope that when he appears, we shall appear with him in glory. Then the scripture says in the next verse in 1 John chapter 3, that he who has this hope in him purifies himself even as Christ is pure. So the way you're going to purify yourself from the things of this world, the influences of this world, is by thinking the truth, which is you are a son of God. It might not yet appear. You might still appear as a Jew. You might still yet appear as a Gentile. You might still yet appear as a South African or appear as an American. But that is just and appearance it is not the reality about you you then sacrifice being south african sacrifice being american sacrifice being malawian sacrifice this and your identity is not in that because you are now a living sacrifice knowing everything is by him from him and to him so my life now is, is lived towards the reality that I am a son of God, although it doesn't yet appear. The hope that I have is that who I really am will manifest when Jesus appears one day. And the reality is that I am now a son. It's not just a hearsay thing. It's not a Christian cliche. It is the reality and the truth. And this is the message that I felt that God has laid upon my heart for you today. Uh, it burns upon my heart to tell you this, to just take this very seriously and consider this as such a reality that you sacrifice all the other things saying, well, I am truly a child of God. I'm truly a son of God. I'm truly uh, a new creation. And that is how I see myself, my wife, my family the other brothers and sisters in the lord that's how i see it so it continues here and it says do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed in other words there's patterns of this world what was the patterns of this world according to the roman law here and the church in rome the patterns of the world was we are jews you are Gentiles. That's the pattern of the world. The pattern of the world is I'm a South African, you're a Zimbabwean, you're you're this, you're that. And now we conform to those patterns of separation, where we become worldly, like the world in our way of thinking. We become like the world in our way of understanding justice between us and God and so forth. But it says, Let us not be conformed, but we in this life can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So what he's basically saying is, as we have the renewing of the mind, which is the message of the recreation in Jesus, that we are the sons of God, by having the mindset that I am a son of God, I'm not a son of a nation. I'm not the son of any nation. Neither am I the son of any ideology on this earth. Be it capitalistic, be it socialistic, be it communistic, doesn't I am not a son of any of that. I am a son of God. This we take this so literal that we basically say that, like what Jesus said, when they said to him, Your 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 mother is, is your mother, your family is looking for you, your mother and your father is looking for you. He said, Who is my father? Who is my mother? But those that do my will? Who are my brethren? He called God his father. To Jesus, God was more the father of him than what Joseph would ever have been. To Jesus, let's take it the other way. To Jesus, God was more his father than what Mary could ever have been his mother that gave birth to him. He he lived from that reality and he sacrificed the other logic he could have about himself. So Jesus had a new mindset and he was transformed by this new mindset and believing in this truth. And the power behind it is the reality and the truth of it wherein God is his father. So Jesus was the son of God when he walked on the earth and he did not yet appear. But when God raised him from the dead, he did appear as the son of God in truth. In the very same way as what Jesus lived, as Jesus was more, his life was more towards God than his physical family on this earth. You need to understand that Jesus, if he was born from Mary, there was a part of Mary in him and he had physical brothers. So Jesus had brothers, man. He had family. But he said that, listen to what he says. He says, Who's my mother? Who's my father? Who are these people? Now I'm not saying that we should deny our families and push them away. That would be an absolutely crazy thing to do. The Bible says that he that cannot care for his own family, you know, is you know you worse than a sinner. You, if you can, you know, and you have the ability, and that would also be in the mindset of people care for your people, love your husbands, love your wives, fathers, be good to your children, children, be respectful to your parents. There's so much in the scriptures. So it's not to say that we deny our families, but our identity is found in Christ. We are sons of God. And then from there, we find life flow to where we, um, you know, to, to, to different areas of our life. Okay, so I just want to just touch quickly on this passage again. And then we're going to move on. It says here that do not be conform or do not conform to the pattern of this world. If you look at the world, if you look at the news media, if you look at what they say, how they do, they mock, they do all those kind of things. And their identity is so much in their nationality and all those kind of things. Let us not be conformed to that. Let us not conform to that. That's not who we are. We are the children of God. We are the children of God. You know, if I look at South Africa, if I look at our constitution and the, um, what we would like in other countries also talk about the founding fathers and how they found this constitution in South Africa the way it is now, I'm not born of them. They're not my fathers. I will not call them father. I only call one father, and that is God. I will call my earthly father, father, but the way I call him father is not the way I call God my father. I know that from my heavenly father, through my heavenly father, and to him, all things consist. In him, everything consists. My whole, my getting up, laying down, everything consists in him. And I've therefore sacrificed, I'm a living sacrifice. And so have many of you for many years already been living sacrifices without even knowing it. Uh, you know, in understanding it in the context where it's written here. I would like to go to Philippians. I'm going to end off with this. Just a practical, everyday example of Paul and how he did this. Let us read from verse 1. It says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. So you see, he reminds them again. This is a, let us continue in Jesus. How, how do you continue? You, you're going to remind somebody again. And that is what, what I do through the, through this, uh, through this ministry. I'm going to remind you. It says here, um, watch out for dogs, those evildoers, those, uh, mutilators of the flesh. So he's basically now referring to the Judaizers that came and uh, told these Gentiles that they must be circumcised. For it is we who are circum, excuse me, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by spirit who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for such confidence. So what is he saying? He says, listen, I have reason for great confidence in the flesh. You know, he is a Jew and he's all those kind of things. But we are the true circumcision who we are the true nation of God. Let's make it real today and what I want to get at. We the true nation of God who don't, have a passport of a certain country. Our blessing is not in that. We don't measure our blessing in that. We measure our blessing and if we know we are blessed, we are the circumcision who boast in Christ Jesus. We who say, we know the one that was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. He says, we, we have our confidence in him. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day. And we're talking about a living sacrifice now. So Paul says that he at that moment where he is, he can, he's got reason to be confident. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. I'm an Israelite. See their nationality of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Benjamin was the Hebrew of the Hebrews, the favoured one in regards to the law, a Pharisee, in other words, I was really I, I'm for the law, and of zeal persecuting the church. In other words, I mean I was very serious about this. It says I have that uh, basically already under the belt. He says, as for righteous um, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. not amazing. But whatever were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So what he says, what was gained to me, I now consider as loss. My identity is not in that anymore. And he says here, I am an Israelite of the Israelites. He was, I'm a true Israelite. So he says that he doesn't even see himself as an Israelite anymore, although he is an Israelite. So he is living in his flesh. He is an Israelite, but he has now sacrificed that. And he's now a living sacrifice because of the mercy that he beholds in Jesus Christ, And he doesn't have, therefore, this whole thing about uh, Israel and all of that dictate to him anymore. Paul would be very safe in believing this way because should the people come that wanted to recruit soldiers for a rebellion against Rome, he would not have been able to go because he didn't see himself anymore. He didn't see himself, well, uh, I'm an Israelite that's oppressed by Rome. Because I'm a living sacrifice. I've sacrificed that. I now relate to God. I am not oppressed. I'm the free. I'm the free. For the scripture says that whosoever the Lord Jesus has set free is free indeed. So, Paul. And the people of that day, who were oppressed by Rome, while they were oppressed, because they were living, sacri- because they are living sacrifice, and they see who they are in Christ, and they, they lived as Jews up to a certain time, but now they are continuing in Jesus. Because they live like that, they couldn't be touched, and manipulated, and controlled by the things of this world. They cannot. They cannot. You know. Um, it is, this is a very, very, very powerful way of living. It sets you free. It, it, gets, this, it gets your mind to the things of God. It, the, this, the systems that compete for your thought time will not get a lot of time anymore because in reality, it becomes an absolute reality to you that you are a Christian. You are a Christian. Some would say, Bertie, you know, aren't you first a Christian and second a South African? No, I'm first a Christian, second a Christian, third a Christian, fourth a Christian, fifth a Christian, and every area wherein I could ever boast, whatever you want to give that place, I've sacrificed that. I am a child of the Almighty God. I live by the power of the resurrection, and so do you. Why Why lie to yourself? That is the reality that God calls real. Whenever we relate to ourselves on these other systems, it is called fleshly or worldly, and let us not conform to the patterns of this world. Let's live in this world. Let's run our business in this world. Let's do this. And I can tell you it's going to be challenging because it's like the overlapping of two completely different systems. But as you are continually hearing the good news, speaking to your wife, speaking to your husband, speaking to your kids about this good news, and you encouraging yourself in this good news, and you see who you really are in Christ, you will find the power of the resurrection empowering you every day and you will live in the victory that God has for you. So you are a child of God. Let us continue in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. I'm going to go back. Okay. F- first, let's, let, let, let me con- uh, finish here. I didn't finish. It says, <laughs> it says, but whatsoever things were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowledge and of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them dung or garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. So what he's basically saying here is that I want to be found in him. I don't want to be ashamed at his return. Therefore, I'm continuing in this gospel. I'm never going to end with this gospel. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm never even going to live, me myself, now. I'm never going to live with a safety net in the back of my mind. Yuck, you know, even if you, if you stop to believe for a while, you're safe or something. No, no. I feel I'm not safe at all if I am not in this gospel. I don't feel safe. I've seen already the fruit that comes to my life should I veer away from the grace message and just get into the law a little bit. What if I even get further? If I get deep into the uh, politics of this world and those kind of things, you know, it's going to destroy me. I, I will have no fruit. I'm, I'm not safe at all. I cannot define myself outside of what God the way God defines me. And so with you. We cannot. We as Christians, we are under a new kingdom. We have got our own king. We've got our own ruler. His name is Jesus. We rest in him. We are the sons of the only eternal God. We bodily possess the fullness of God. That is what we have. Paul says, I counted all these things but lost. He didn't say, well, I am first, uh, Paul didn't say, I'm first a Christian, then a Jew. No, he didn't say that. He said, I'm a Christian and the other things are done. It's, it's, It's just rubbish. It's garbage. That's what it is. Now, if the Apostle Paul say that and John comes and he says, let us continue in Jesus and see ourselves as sons of God, I mean, why would we not take that seriously? Let us take that and see what he's basically just saying is: see yourself in the good news, and let it be real to you. Don't let it just be some theory. It is real. I'm going to end off. I'm going to end off with um, just thought of another verse where, that I can use to end off with. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians. Chapter 2 and verse 8. Now, this is Paul, again, encouraging people to continue in Jesus. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through a hollow, deceptive philosophy. There are so many. How many philosophies are there now? Financial philosophies about finances and how to run countries and all those kind of things. There were also philosophies about Judaism and all those kind of things that he also refers to here says let no person take you captive so you can become you can be in exile like the Assyrian or the Babylonian exile you can be taken captive how through a hollow deceptive philosophy you know there can be a philosophy all made this thing so true to him that he was so much a son of God that, there, that he would reckon that there is a philosophy that says I'm a Jew. It's amazing. There's, there's some philosophy that says, you know, if people come and divide lands and countries and all those kind of things, that I am now a South African and those kind of things. But you, aren't you a South African? Well, in the flesh I am, you know, but I have sacrificed that. I'm a living sacrifice. So while I live, I sacrifice that, which is I'm alive in now. It says here, um, and, and these philosophies depends on human traditions and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives bodily. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness you see how he's serious about this thing? So what he's saying is let no person, he's basically saying continue in Christ because bodily you have the fullness of God. It might not yet appear, but you have the hope that it shall appear when he returns. And should you have that, you by that cleanse yourself from everything that is evil because you believe in the truth about yourself. Amen. Well, I'm running out of time. Let's, let's finish up. He's the head over every power and authority. He's head over governments. He's head over everything. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision perf- not performed by human hands. Your whole self, listen to this, your whole self ruled by the flesh, your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Your whole self that was ruled by mortality has been circumcised away from you. So whenever we look in this world, the systems of this world that say we are mortal, we must try and preserve our lives in some form or fashion and then follow into their logic and philosophies, that whole self that was ruled by the carnal man, has been. I've been circumcised away from that. I am now an eternal physical being. I'm not an eternal spirit. No, I became an eternal human being. That's what I am. And that is my reality and your reality. So that's why he says, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Isn't that absolutely powerful? This is the good news, man. This is the power of God. I want to encourage you, As Christians, um, I want to encourage you as believers, consider yourself as dead to the world, completely dead. It might sound foolishness. It might sound like foolishness and to the world. What I'm saying might sound foolish, but it is the wisdom of God. By living in this wisdom, the Bible says, he who believes this cleanses himself and purifies himself even as Christ is pure. Do you want to experience the purity of Christ? Live in this mindset. Continue in Christ. Don't start in Christ and continue in some form of Judaism, uh, some form of a lust of the eye, the pride of life, uh, the love of money or any of those kind of things. Start in Christ, continue in Christ, and end up in Christ in the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you so much. I trust that this message has blessed you and you will hear from me again then in this week through the daily devotionals. If you want to get onto the list of daily devotionals, please write an email to info at dynamicministries.com or in Facebook Messenger on the inbox there, you can, you can uh, just pop in a message there or say, please put me, put me on the daily devotional and you will get it. Thank you so much. We will see you then tomorrow. God bless.